All right, here we go. This is the start, right? Welcome back to the Life in SA podcast here on Spotify or wherever you hear your podcast. Well, it seems that there has been a slight change of subject as um, we didn't quite wanted to do our uh, Halloween special. But of course, since uh, well, since we're in the spirit of Halloween, uh, I am here with a uh, of course, as always, Josh. Hey, guys. All righty. So right now we're going to be talking about um, another subject matter we're going to talk about, and it's um, horror-based games. I'm talking video games, which, you know, like Resident Evil, Silent Hill, things things of that nature. So, um, Josh, would you want to go first, or do I go first? Yeah, I can, I can start as well. All righty. I don't be talking about the... Megami Tensei series for Shin Megami Tensei. Mm-hmm. Depending on which uh, iteration you've got, uh, you guys are familiar with. Um, so, basically, it, Shin Megami Tensei, there's a whole bunch of games in the series, and there's Persona and Shin Megami, which are the two mainstays of the course. There's also some offshoots like... Um, Devil, uh, Devil Subner and um, Digital uh, Devil Saga, I think that's the name of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out for PS2, and then there's a couple different ones. But uh, I want to start off with the experience that when I was a kid, playing back all the way back on regular Game Boy, I started off with Last Bible. And for years and years, <laughs> I did not know Last Bible was Shin Megami, but it was one of those, um, well, it, Last Bible is the Japanese name of it. It was called Revelation in the state. So it, it didn't really, uh, it's one of the offshoots, and it did not let you know it was Shin Megami. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, it was one of those games that my mom was sort of a, kind of a real, religious and whatnot. She didn't like me having games that, you know, I could cast spells and stuff like that. And she she got a little overzealous and uh, said that, you know, oh, well, that's going to teach me how to learn to do real magic. And try as I might, never learned real magic. But, you know, it's one of those things, I guess. <laughs> I didn't aspire. <laughs> right. So, anyway, the basis of the games is usually you start off as a base character uh sometimes you have you know it's rpg it's uh tactical sometimes depends on which one you get and you basically start off as humans and then later on as you fight demons you can recruit them to your party so if you've ever played like it's kind of like pokemon but with a more mature theme wow and this was back before Pokemon was around. So. Well, before 98, 95, around there. Mm, exactly. So. But it's, uh, I remember getting into the further games later on in life. And uh, I'd say about 10 or 11 when uh, Shin Megami Nocturne came out which was Shin Megami 3 in the States. 
and basically it was so spooky at the age that I was at that I was not even able to finish the game. I played a little bit and got freaked out and stopped playing. It's also a notoriously difficult game. And that one is actually in the main series. Now, Persona, on the other hand, I got into later on in life. Um, when PSP started doing all the remakes for it, I, I snatched those up and I played through those. And it was, if you've ever played like uh, roguelikes, very dungeon oriented, or it was like, um, I can't think of the name like but uh, it's uh, basically you have a map. And every time you take a step, it creates a map. And you, you're at a um, first-person view. So you weren't able to see a lot of things until you ran into enemies and find items and stuff like that. But it was, um, it was pretty Like, basically, later on in the series, Persona... Um, further on in the series of course it became 3D once it became 3D they started introducing Arcanas which is they would take a tarot card and they would sign a person to the tarot card and then you would have to almost like a dating sim and you would have to raise your uh, affection level with the person associated with that Arcana and once you got it maxed out, you would unlock a special demon that you could summon. And that was also another thing that started getting more progressively advanced. They started uh, uniformly putting, okay, these demons are in this arcana. This one's over here. And you could choose them later on. So unlike Pokemon to get stronger ones, you could level them up so far. And then they would kind of max out. Now when they maxed out, you had an option to either replace them with something else you recruited to your party, or you could choose them. And normally fusion is the best way to go about, but sometimes it is so hard to predict what you're going to get. You uh, you just kind of take a jump and see what you get, kind of. But there was, a, there was a few of them that, like, were actually so... Like, the subject matter was so intense for me as a kid that I literally could not finish them. Wow. And uh, that, that was basically my, my experience with it. Later on in life, you know, I got a lot into it. And uh, due to my experience, I, talk, I talked about on a podcast on our first episode, I got really into it <laughs> because I, I, I like to find out information about that in case something I ever run into again or come across or something decides to rear a little head again, you know. <laughs> right, yes. Right now I think they're up to um, Persona 5 and I think the main series is only up to 4, last I remember. They would always start off, it was uh, almost 
post-apocalyptic. And most of the games, you did not know that you would start off in a almost medieval setting. And basically, through progression through the game, you would end up going into a destroyed Japan, usually Tokyo. And you'd find out that, A, either it's been a while since somebody came up with a digital program to do all the, um, the map work and symbology and uh, spell work to summon the demons, and it broke it down to a simple program and then sent it out to everybody and allowed everybody to be able to summon their own demons and brought about uh, the apocalypse that way. that's exactly what, what it's kind of like you know life is about choices and apparently this is it <laughs> life Im- life imitates art <laughs> wow that's why I was, it, was, it was profound especially at a young age you know oh yes Where you could hey I could choose to be the bad guy if I wanted to 
I didn't get roped into always having to play the quote unquote savior or hero. You know what I mean? And there's so many paths that could be done differently. And just because you choose the evil route doesn't mean it's really evil. It just means it's a difference of opinion when you look at it. And it, it goes a lot into philosophy. It's so, sort of like, yeah, sort of like a butterfly effect. Like, like you have like the one, uh, you know, the good path, but then what if you didn't choose a good path? Like, what if you chose the bad path? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. Would you find out you're really a villain? Or would you find out you're just seen as a villain through the eyes of a, a hero? You're it, not really a bad person. <laughs> you know exactly. What I mean? Like, what, what, like, what, right. Like, what was the better choice? Like, like, no, I mean, uh, what I'm saying is like, like what, like what choices were like the most easiest versus the most difficult. Like, if you were the villain, you know, and if, and this was an easy choice, then would have been like, well, you know what? I think I'm a villain because I mean, the decisions that I'm making, it's like I'm comfortable with. Versus like if you're here, you know, and you know that was just an example, right? If you're like if you choose to be the right. villain and the choices you make, you know, you're comfortable with them. Uh, and you're just kind of like, well, okay, well, I'm the villain then because I mean, I'm comfortable with the choices, you know, I have no consequence or, reper- you know, or repercussions for it. That's why I'm like, no, nah, you know what? I'll well, just. Really, it was more so that it was, you're always the villain in somebody else's eyes. Exactly. That, you know, if you're not the main character of the story, you could be seen as the villain at any point in time. And are you really a villain? Or are you just somebody that has a different path? And you're seen as the one because you oppose the view of whoever's juxtaposing you. Yep. So, it, it, it got pretty deep in there. And like I said, it had a lot to do with uh, philosophy. Speaking of butterflies, the second one in the Persona series was uh, based off an ancient Chinese philosophy about... The butterfly's dream. I'm not too into, uh, up, up to uh, date with all of it, but basically, it was: Am I the dream of the butterfly, or am I the butterfly itself? Mm. Or am I a human dreaming of a butterfly dreaming of a dream? So it got real um, magical, mystical. Uh, you know. <laughs> or we just all thought up by this this butterfly, you know, right before its ass smashes through the windshield. <laughs> oh <laughs> wow! <laughs> but that's the thing about reality; it's it's relative. That's why it's called reality. <laughs> it's relative to how we go go about and how we see ourselves. Exactly, and what I just mentioned about, of course, the butterfly effect, where it's like, okay, you know, I have, I'm on the path of, you know, righteousness. I'm on the path of good. You know, like there's, there's a, there's this, uh, there's this one way which, okay, um, things are gonna go this way versus like, okay, what if it went another route? What if, um, what if I didn't go on the path of righteousness? What if I decided to, you know, say what's righteous and not. I mean, exactly. who's to say that is the path of righteousness, or maybe it's just righteous to you. Right. As, as well as what you're saying is, how far-reaching are the effects of your decision? Ex- oh, yeah, that's what I was about to say, yes. You throw that pebble in that pond, 
how far were those ripples ripple outwards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I always like the game. It's you genuinely, you know, you, most games pick, oh, okay, well, I'll go this way or that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's real quick. And there's not a lot of difference. But this fundamentally changed the game depending on the path you pick, which was always really cool. Plus, it, I mean, you get, especially back then, you know, games were like 30, 40 bucks. And you get like 80 hours of gameplay back then. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> no. is before DLCs. You have to unlock in-game. Oh, yeah. I hated DLC when it first came out. No. Oh. So much. Hated it. That was like, you pay 60 bucks for a game. And you don't even get all the, all the content. Or they'd release half-made half games. That pissed me off to no end. It's like, really? So you couldn't meet your deadline. So you're going to say, oh, we completed it, and throw a, a bullshit story up real quick, get to the end, and say, oh, no, this is the true ending, but you got to pay an extra 20 bucks to get it or get the season pass. Prime, prime example, Mortal Kombat 11. There's like so many versions of it, then they've released the final version, which is the complete one with RoboCop, Spawn, uh, Terminator, and all that. If you ask me, I mean, it's like, okay, here, you can pay $5 for a character, and you only want that character, or you can pay $20, $25, $30, and you get all the characters, even the ones you don't want. <laughs> you know, it is a, That's, such a racket. Right, a total rip. And then they released the complete editions, the Game of the Year editions, are like, really? Yes, Are you serious? You get all the DLC content for free. <laughs> plus bonuses that you can't get and I'm like they were like kind of like PC versions and all that I'm like what the hell <laughs> it's like what was the point of spending that money back then you know what I mean if I just waited a year they would release game of year edition oh, oh yeah the complete ones like Mortal Kombat 11 did which that really pissed me off and I'm like shit I mean I got spawned for free but still I was like um Oh, what else did I get? Oh, well, I got some of them for I got some of them for free, but it's just that I had to like pay for RoboCop, which was like total bullshit. I didn't pay for RoboCop, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> I, I miss the days of games were completed when you got them, and if there was going to be DLC, it was called the fucking sequel. That's what it was called. <laughs> yes, that was. <laughs> You want extra story? Here's the extra story. A brand new game with a whole bunch of other shit in there that didn't just get little one in the ass character. You know? Again, Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> that's, how, that's all I gotta say. Get like five hours of extra content. And another st- brand new brand new story along with the original story. I'm like, what the hell? That usually ends up being somebody's half-baked idea from like their third cousin down that just wanted to get into the story and be like, I got something to put in there too. <laughs> you know? I was like, we already released the game, Seamus. Come on. <laughs> it's like, no, I want to be fun. You know, it's, it, it's like, okay, yeah, we'll put your story in and we'll make people pay 20 bucks for it too. <laughs> I swear, I mean... Yeah. And then don't even get me started on loot crates. Loot crates are fucking ridiculous. 
oh no, I had to cancel my subscription because they kept charging me. And I'm like, dude, why? I need like, okay, I just ordered like one box and then they send me another and then I'm like, okay. And then they're going to send me another. I'm like, wait, hold on. I didn't agree to this. Oh, are you talking about real life loot crates or are you talking about in-game loot crates? Oh, I'm talking about real, I'm talking about the real life. So I'm sorry. I didn't know. I did not realize that there were in-game loot crates. I mean, that. Oh, yeah, that's where they started. Oh, damn. <laughs> that's where they started. It's like a lotto ticket. <laughs> you know, and if you, hey, you got shitty, you know, you lost on that ticket. Guess what? You don't get your money back or anything worth the value. <laughs> yeah. Which is why there was a whole bunch of things that actually came down, like, uh, a thing in England where they actually had to classify loot crates as gambling. Oh wow! Yeah, it got that. The the uh, it was that far reaching. It went to like uh, I don't know what their court system's called, Imperial Court or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But the the British High Court, I think it is, or something like that. Lulu, yes, they did. If you're in England, um. If you're a listener in England, our apologies for my Mrs. Doubtfire reference. <laughs> Sorry. Don't apologize for that. Um, uh, I used to tell people I'm Canadian, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like half half British, right? Canadian. Supposedly, yeah, because there is a British Columbia. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But uh. It's like there's a Paris, Texas, you know. It's not Paris, but we'll make a little tiny Eiffel Tower and say it. Yes, on top of a Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, hey, look at this. Like, they built a freaking Eiffel Tower on a Whataburger. <laughs> if you're ever in Texas, Whataburger, yes. I'm ending the debate right now. I know we're going off subject, but I'm ending the debate. Whataburger is better than In N Out. I tried both. I'm. Waterburger guy through and through. I used to be Waterburger guy, and now since that company in like Chicago took it over, it's just eh. it, yeah, it's not. They 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 pretty much snuck a whole bunch of shit under the radar. Like the burgers got smaller and higher priced. <laughs> and yet there is. You a... only get two packets of ketchup. It's ridiculous, I say. And yet there's still a line. <laughs> Every time I go to the drive-thru, there's still a line! <laughs> well, I'm glad they brought back the breakfast burger. I mean, hell yeah. Never been big on breakfast burgers. There's one burger I like, and it's got, like, Friday. It was from Denny's. Oh, like yes. Some kind of, like, sauce. That shit was good. Especially when you're drunk. <laughs> At like 3 o'clock in the morning. Go to Denny's. <laughs> Denny's are always open, even on Christmas. They don't have lines either. <laughs> Sounds like where I work. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, I work at the... Yes, uh, for my yes for the listeners, yes, I work at the hospital. Of course, yes, like Denny's, we're always open. down <laughs> i wish i could say the same but anyway <laughs> um yes um so i want to talk about mine it's just a short one um 
it really doesn't have anything to do with horror. I just want to say about uh, the Batman Arkham uh, trilogy. Uh, if you watched uh, the video on YouTube, uh, Comics Corner, where I talk about Batman, you will hear my rant about Arkham, how Arkham Origins is not, I repeat, not a part of the Arkham series. Only because it was WB Montreal who made that game. It wasn't Rocksteady, the publishers, and not the Ninja Turtle character. It was the pu- game publisher, Rocksteady, who made the game, uh, the Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. So I just want to get right to Arkham Asylum. Uh, okay, it, the reason why it's kind of like a bit horror is because it takes place in a freaking asylum. Uh, I remember back when the game came out back in 2009, uh, I remember like it was about two or three o'clock in the morning that I played the game and I was in the morgue, you know, I was playing as Batman and I'm playing, you know, in the morgue level in the morgue and spoiler, if you haven't played it, but I mean, which you have played by now, um, well, supposedly, supposedly, um, there is three body bags. Like there's at one point where like they're in the morgue. Like there's three body bags. One is Bruce Wayne's mother, Martha. Why did you say that name? And the other one is Thomas Wayne. And of course, you can't continue unless you open the third body bag, which it's like, okay, it's night. I'm already scared to death already. <laughs> Like, should I dare open the third body bag? Well, like I mentioned, the game can't continue if you don't open the third body bag. Like a moron, I opened it. Three o'clock in the morning, I opened the third body bag, and it turned out to be Scarecrow. Yes, Scarecrow. And that's where... uh, Yeah, no, that's where he, like, injects you with the nightmare serum, and that's... Where, like, you know, they play the whole Scarecrow level inside Arkham Asylum. I mean, what can you say other than, like, that was pretty, you know... I mean, that was pretty creative. And this was a game that really was released, like, September, uh, you know, mid, you know, late August, early September. Just in time for, you know, for Halloween, uh, 2009. So, really, and I, I played this... Play the, the first one. So, I it was... Yes, Arkham, yeah, Arkham Asylum. I mean, that's like that was a good that was the one that started it all. Um, I don't have too much to say about Arkham City other than that's my by far my favorite one. Uh there's not really too much like horror elements to it. Uh it's just pure action adventure. I love the cinematography on that game. Uh like I mentioned, it's there's nothing horror, it's just about supernatural with uh Rachel Ghoul, but that's about it. But Arkham Knight. I just want to say real quick, Arkham Knight uh, does take place on Halloween. And there is a man-bat jump scare. There is, uh, what is it, Scarecrow unleashes the Nightmare Serum in Gotham City. Uh, I got to say, this game took me... I got to ask real quick, real quick. Sure. Is that boy, man-bat's son, like... No, 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 no. Uh, totally, totally different. I completely derailed you there for a second. <laughs> I know, uh, because there's, uh, there's the man bat character, which this freaking yeah, scientist, it's, it's in the a transfigured bat yeah. that had humanoid characteristics. 
yeah, it was like an experiment gone wrong, and this guy turned into man bad. But in the game, in the Arkham uh, Night game, I mean, it was pretty. They pretty much went into like dark territory right there with the uh, with that side, and it's a side level and everything. So really, like in Arkham Knight, um, I gotta say, like that one is a I highly recommend. Arkham Knight, um, Asylum is good, you know, Asylum is good, but Arkham Knight is the shit. I mean, that one, it it it's gonna take like it took me eighteen days just to complete because of the damn Riddler trophies. Uh, it's more challenging. Um, you get to drive the freaking Batmobile. Like honestly, I still play it just to drive the Batmobile, and you can even hear one of the thugs say, "Oh, I gotta say, this is the best Halloween ever." So really, um, this game does take place during Halloween. You know, you have to deal with Scarecrow. Uh, there is, uh, of course, what you're saying. There is two. There is two um, endings to this game, and that's where you have to really like collect all the damn Riddler trophies just to get the true definitive ending, and. I gotta say it it's amazing. So uh before we wrap this up for the Green evening. Huh? Jim Carrey in a green up jumpsuit. No, 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 no. It's it's really more like Batman as the more like the nightmare Batman as the legend. So really it's it was it's really good. Um they really reeled in. So anyway, um any final any final thoughts before we wrap this up for the evening? Uh apologies folks. We uh our last second uh, guest kind of fell through there. So. Yes, I was like, uh oh, and then we're gonna have to like scramble. Like, um, quick, what do we talk about? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so this is the Lightman Essay Podcast. We will be wrapping this up, and we will be back 